Well, Pastor Pamela did a wedding in two weeks, and so she's just exhausted. So she's at home believing God, and we are believing God with her to just recover from all, all of the things. As I shared on Sunday, uh, you know, that was the day it was. And so anyways, um, we did it. It's all good. She, she had to be, you know, the mother of the bride, the mother of the groom, and, and to handle everything. She was running and, and gunning. She did an amazing job. And a real blessing, and so we praise God for that. And now she's going to recuperate, and uh, she's trying. So it's good stuff. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're just going to share. We're going to teach on some things tonight. I, you know, been teaching on Wednesday night. Of course, we've been flowing with the Holy Ghost, allowing God to be God. And you know, I ask myself sometimes, you know, what does it mean to have, uh, you know, a spirit-filled service or a Holy Ghost service where the Spirit of God is? It's where the Word of God is taught, so where the Word, the Spirit of God has freedom to touch lives. Amen. And uh, where we just allow Him to be what He wants to be in our lives, and so that's the cool thing. And so, uh, you know, my title tonight is the Holy Spirit in you. So we're going to kind of crisscross some things here with uh, faith and with the Holy Spirit because one of the things about it, when you're listening to the Spirit of God or wanting to be led by the Spirit, how many you know that being led is a very important thing to know that God wants to lead us? He, he, has a, he has a desire to lead us. He has the desire to show us. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So it means we need to be led by the Spirit of God. And in this day and age, man, do we need to be led by the Spirit of God. Where to go, when to be, because we don't want to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Amen? We definitely don't want to do that. We want to make sure we're at the right place at the right time, uh, receiving what God has and, uh, you know, just allowing God to be God and thanking Him for it. So the title is just The Holy Spirit in You or The Holy Spirit in Me. But I'm going to, so I'm going to interchange some things there. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and go to John chapter 14. Because we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about how great he is, how wonderful he is. Because people get really nervous when you talk about the Holy Spirit. Because they equate Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, being gifts of the Spirit. Anything has to do with the spiritual realm. There's always an element of mystery about it. Because it has to do with your spirit and uh, your mind gets a little squirrely. Your mind gets real tweaky when it's not in control. Amen. And a lot of folks, they do not like that. They think that they, being yielded to the Holy Spirit means you're out of control, and that's not true at all. You're actually more in control when you yield to the Holy Spirit because he knows what's right. You're more out of control when you're doing your own thinking because you're crazy. <laughs> we know that, okay? That's just the way it is, amen? And uh, so as we, as we look to the scriptures, what I want to do is I just want to share with you about getting, relaxing with the realm of the Spirit, relaxing in the things of God. You know, we don't need to have, you know, everybody's got really concerned about all the things because there was a lot of wildfire. There was a lot of wild things that happened. I've been in some wild services. We've had some wild services here and uh, over the years and stuff. We've had a lot of Holy Ghost things, a lot of crazy things, uh, and yet people have a tendency to want to say, wow, I don't know if that's God or not. Well, it may not be for you, but it was for them. And it changed their lives, and it changed what they were doing, and it, and it transformed them. Amen? Because that's the one thing that, that many people don't understand. The Holy Spirit's going to move on people differently. But I, I believe the Holy Spirit does everything decently and in order. I believe that he, he has a handle, and there can be organized chaos if you let it. 
Amen? And if you allow the, the power and the presence of God, you can see the hand of God. You're always going to have those that want to show off, but if you let the Holy Spirit show off, he'll always bring people in and he'll always show off about Jesus and about our Father. Amen? And uh, so let's, we're going to relax. We're just going to teach tonight and we'll let the Holy Spirit do what he needs to do. Amen? Hallelujah. So here in John chapter 14, I'm going to begin reading in verse 15. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Do you know that God has a lot of commandments and a lot of things concerning the Holy Spirit, what he told us to do in the sense of what he said about it. He said, and I will pray the Father, this is Jesus talking, and he'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Verse 18 says, I will not leave you comfortless or I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you yet a little while and the world sees me no more, but you see me because I live, you shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am in the Father and you are in me and I in you and he that hath my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my father and I will love him and we will manifest myself to him. Amen. Aren't you glad God wants to manifest himself to you and me? He said, now Judas said unto him, not Iscariot, not Judas Iscariot. He said, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and he said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loves me not keeps not my sayings and the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Amen. Now that's a mouthful. That was 15 through 26. Jesus was saying, can you imagine? Jesus had to say, nevertheless, I'm going to tell you the truth. It's better for you that I leave then if I stay. Now, you, you know, you, here you have the Lord Jesus Christ who's doing miracles, signs, and wonders. He's doing all this stuff, and yet now he has to turn around to the disciples and say, now I'm really going to tell you the truth. Like they didn't believe, which they didn't. We know that in Mark chapter you know, 16 there, or Mark chapter 14, when it says he, he upbraided them because of their unbelief. But we see some things here where he says, it's far greater for me to leave than for me to stay. They couldn't understand that. They couldn't understand that until the day of Pentecost when they realized, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank God Jesus left and sent us the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine if Jesus was alive in the earth today and he lived in Jerusalem and the only way you could talk to him, the only way you could get something from God is you had to get on a plane, you had to fly over there, stand in line with 10 million other people out of the billions of people that want to be, see him. You had to wait your turn. And if, each, if, you, if you got, even if you could only talk to him for a minute, you only had one minute each, you know, it would take him three or almost four years to, to get through one million people. And if he did it 14 to 20 hours a day, aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit can talk to billions of people all at the same time? <laughs> you know, people say, oh, I wish I lived in Jesus' day. I am so glad I didn't live in Jesus' day. Because I would have been one of the skeptics. Just like you would have. 
just like the disciples were. And they were hanging out with him. Amen? I'm so glad that I'm living in a day when the Holy Spirit has drawn us to this. And we've got it here. Now go with me, if you would, over to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's look in in verse 14. And this is the scripture I want to talk to you about tonight. Because I want to get you in familiar with that the thing that we need now more than ever in our lives is we need to be led by the Spirit. And we need to know the Holy Spirit because he'll help us. He's our helper. Amen? He's our comforter. He's our helper. He'll show us things to come. And uh, if, if we do that, glory to God. Amen. And this is the last verse of 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. And it's the end that Paul's writing to the Corinthians here. And he's sharing some things. And uh, it's a great book and talking about, you know, he, first of all, in verse 1 of chapter 13, he says, this is the third time I am coming to you, talking to the Corinthians. He said, in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Aren't you glad? Glory to God that he's telling us these things here. But he goes down in the 14th verse, he says this, he ends it on this. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. There's three things I want you to see there. Number one, I want you to see, he said, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad for God's grace? Aren't you glad that God's not legalistic? Aren't you glad that God's not holding your trespasses against you? He's not holding your faults against you? Aren't you glad the Holy Spirit's not convicting you of how dumb you are? Your spirit's convicting you how dumb you are because you're born again. Okay, so he knows, you know how, you know what you do, you know, you don't have to, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit only convicts you of what you, the righteous, he's to reveal the righteousness of God, and he's to reveal, he convicts people that they need Jesus. Once you have Jesus, then he's just going to tell you about your righteousness. He's not holding, he's telling you about how great you are. Now your own spirit, now that it's born again, will tell you when you mess up. Amen? It will. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit's all about it. He said, I'm going to convict the world of this. I'm going to convict the church of the righteousness. Remember, that's what it says in John. Hallelujah. Over there, we can go back over there and look at that. But when it talks about the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm so glad that his grace is holding us up. The Bible says, for by grace are we saved through faith, that not of ourselves, because it's the gift of God. Amen. Remember Ephesians 2.8? I know you knew that, but it's like knowing what it is. It's the grace of God. And grace is God's grip on you. And how do you know that God never lets you go? Now, your grip on God is your faith. So how, how strong you're hanging on to God is how strong your faith is. How strong your belief is in that. Amen? Because see, everything God does, he does in the realm that he's in. And if you can get into the realm where he's at and you can receive it in that realm, then you can make it manifest in your realm. Because we live in two, in two realms. We live in the spiritual realm and we live in the natural realm. The Bible says when you get born again, you are a spirit. You get born again. Second, or in 2 Thessalonians 5 or 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 says that I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are a spirit, amen? You possess a soul and you live in a body. And, and that's probably one of the greatest revelations you can ever get is to understand the real me is the spirit man on the inside of me. And you know that when God created Adam and Eve, he said, let them make them in our image and in our likeness. That means he made them speaking spirits. Hallelujah. And then he created a body for them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But he created in his likeness and in his image. And God's a spirit, the Bible says in John chapter four. 
And they that worship him must worship him in what? Spirit and in truth. Aren't you glad? That's why we are, we are operating in the two realms of the spiritual realm and the natural realm. And believe it or not, God wants you to operate in the spiritual realm a lot more than you operate in the natural realm. He really does. He wants you to understand and see. He wants you to take what God's speaking to you here and he wants you to bring it out here to be a blessing to others and to walk in that. And it's not woo-woo. It's not hard. It just takes time. It takes time to yield. It takes time to do this. It takes time to hang on. Amen? The second thing I want you to see here in this is the love of God. So many people have forgotten about how much God loves them. And that the love of God's been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, and it compels you to love. That same love that, that God has for you is that same love that's in you. God so loved you, amen? And God says, you have love, why? Because I first loved you. And when you understand how much God loves you, it changes your perspective. Because you don't care if nobody else loves you, you know God loves you. And then once you love yourself in the sense of loving God, not in a bad sense, then it's easy to walk in victory and walk in joy. How do you, and then you don't allow what other people say to affect you. And then you'll find out that you'll have friends because you'll show yourself friendly because you're not trying to overdo. You're not trying to prove who you are. You're not trying to, and you're not mad if somebody else gets blessed or somebody else is doing something better than you because you know you're loved. When you know you're really loved, man, God loves me in spite of me. And that may not thrill you, but that just thrills my heart. It just, it just, just like, whew, God loves me. And when you understand God loves you, that's why I used to tell people all the time, the greatest song in the world is Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Because to recognize that, even though you disappoint them, even though you've been disappointed or you've done things, you need to recognize, listen, so how do I know that God really loves me? How am I knowing that God really loves me? Are you saved? Are you born again? Do you know you're going to make heaven? And when you say, yes, I am, guess what? God loves you because God chose you. God said you couldn't come to him unless the Holy Spirit, he told the Holy Spirit, go get him, go chase him. I want him. I want her. And when you accepted, remember God so loved the world that he gave. And then when you accepted, whoever believed, you accepted that because God wanted you. He loves you. Amen. So that tells you, how do I know I'm loved? Well, am I saved? Then I'm loved. I can be like John, you know, in the Bible who says, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved. I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, you can write that and put it in here when you're the last disciple alive and everybody else is dead, and you can write it and put it in your gospel because your gospel is the last gospel, and there's nobody to refute. Peter's not there to say, oh, I don't know about that. But we do know that because, well, but then we don't know that because John's the one that wrote that Peter said, hey, John, he likes you better than me. You ask him who's going to betray you. Peter didn't say that. In his gospel, which I, I think Mark's gospel, because since Mark was Peter's son, I, I call that Peter's gospel. They didn't say, Peter, Peter didn't say, hey, do this. But in John's gospel, Peter says, hey, you ask him because he likes you better than me. <laughs> Amen? We look at this and we look at the love of God. What happens is, see, with the Holy Spirit, we kind of get nervous. Because the next thing he says in this verse, which is one I want to talk about and one I want to go, not just tonight, but from, for a while here, is that he's, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. That word communion is the word kononia. It's the word, you know, that we get our fellowship from. We get the word, uh, uh, you know, of what it, it means to come together. And there's such, a, such an importance with that because it denotes relationship. It denotes partnership. And it denotes intimacy. Amen? 
And, and we need to know that when, you know, we say this, we say a scripture, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Well, who's the he that's in you? Who is the he that's in you that's greater than the spirit operating in the world? The Holy Spirit. Greater is he, but if he's not big in you, if he's not, you're not feeling, because he is a person. It's not an it, it's not an aurora, it's not this thing. He is a person. It's the third person of the Trinity. He is God the Holy Spirit, and he lives in you. Hallelujah. Thank God he lives in me. You say, well, how can that be? Because he's God. Amen? The Spirit, that's why the Spirit of God can, can answer billions of prayers all at the same time. Amen? Because the presence of God is unleashed. It's the communion. It conveys three different things that are so vitally important. Amen? As much as the Holy Spirit wants to partner with you, and as much as the Holy Spirit wants to be in the relationship and do the things with you, the number one thing the Holy Spirit wants to have is he wants to have intimacy with you. He wants you and him to be the best friends. He wants you and him to be so close that he knows exactly. You know his voice and he knows your voice. You know what he's saying and doing. You know where he's leading and you know to hear that he's so in tune and you're so in tune with him. Because to be that way, you're in tune with Jesus and you're in tune with the Father because they never have a disagreement. Amen? You do realize that God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ are in heaven. Jesus is there and Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. The Father's on the throne of God. But the Holy Spirit is who's operating in the earth today. He's the one doing everything. Amen? And so that's who we want. And when I say this, not in a bad, because he's going to, what is the Holy Spirit going to tell you? He's going to tell you who Jesus is. He's going to tell you who the Father is. That, they, they, they don't disagree. They've never, the Holy Spirit's going to say, you know, I think we'll go this way today. God said do this, but I think we'll do this. No, he, they never do that. Because they're one. And that's hard for us to understand. So hard for us to understand. Amen? See, when you understand that this thing here, when he said, I want you to have the communion of the Holy Spirit, I want you to have this intimacy with the Holy Spirit, I want you to have this relationship with those that's so close, so wonderful, that he's their closest friend. That you know this, that you know their voice. Amen? And if you don't know their voice, what does you do? If you think, man, I think I, think I know that, I think I know, what do you, you get to get closer. So you got to go get closer. How do you get closer to the Holy Spirit? Well, he's going to lead you in line with the word. Everything that he does is going to get come in here in line with the word. How he's going to do that. And so there's not only what does he want, but he wants it to be meaningful. It doesn't, it's not a waste of time when you pray. It's not a waste of time when you fellowship with him. Amen. And we need to do that. We need to draw strength so that his presence is with us. So everywhere we go, we manifest that presence. Amen. So this is the way you build it. You can only build by reading and praying and fellowshipping and just talking and, and listening. It's a communication. It's something that we do. Hallelujah. You know, funny thing about the Holy Spirit is that he has a lot of the same traits that we do. I wrote down a lot of things here about the Holy Spirit, uh, of what he does. I just told somebody today right before, I said, I have five sermons up here uh, and all different things that we're going to talk about and which way and what to do. But, you know, you need to understand about the Holy Spirit, too, is the Holy Spirit can be lied to. He can be grieved. Amen? He can be resisted. Hallelujah. You know? Funny thing about the Holy Spirit is he shows up with a big boom. Ooh, it's awesome. But he leaves very quietly when you're not doing right. See, the devil, he sneaks in 
And then when you find out, then he makes a ruckus to try to make you look bad. It's the exact opposite. Amen? If you see that in the Word of God, we see that all the way through. But what does he mean by, you know, communion or, or fellowship and intimacy? Is you have to have time to communicate and to talk. And he's going to show you there. If you ever read your Bible and it's ever dry or it doesn't seem like you're getting anything, it's because you didn't ask the Holy Spirit to help you look at it. I like what Smith Wigglesworth used to say. Some of you read the Bible in the Greek. Some of you read it in Hebrew. Some of you read it in Arabic. Some of you read it in all these things. He said, I read the Bible in the Holy Ghost. I ask him to unveil what I need out of here. I get into the Holy Spirit. You unveil it. You show me. I'm going to feed my, my spirit. I'm going to feed this. Holy Ghost, you show me. You do that. You unveil to me the truths of what I need to understand, what I need to have. And you need to ask him and talk to them and let him. He's the one that's going to speak to you. It's that still small voice on the inside of it, the voice of your conscience, the voice that's down there. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. He's leading you and guiding you and telling if you'll let him. Amen? It's that inward witness and go. His witness is bearing witness with my spirit that we are the sons of God. That's what Romans says. That the Holy Spirit will bear witness with your spirit that you are the sons of God. So you're able to lead and direct. And if you read the book of Acts and you read all these things in the New Testament, it doesn't seem like it was hard to hear. You know why it's hard to hear nowadays? It's because there's so many voices and we are so cluttered. And we are so busy. And we have things that distract us constantly and that you know just it can you know you like you start something and you do something you know I mean t- today I was just was just took today and, and really just said okay Lord I'm just, and I was praying because I actually was going to teach on the subject of faith today but then the Lord just said no I want you to do some different things and then he said here I want you to read this so I read a 200 page book this afternoon and, and, you know, just that read the whole day through it. You know, I came, I said, okay, Lord, what in the glory to God. But it was, it just was good because it, it's just about some things. And it just, he said, I want you to just look at this and see this and digest it. Not that I'm going to preach it tonight, but it was just something that, to do. Because he said, I'm doing it. He said, then I want you to teach on the Holy Spirit. He said, I want you to teach on the Holy Spirit in you or the Holy Spirit in me if you want to make it personal. But it's the Holy Spirit in you. And I understand that he is the best friend you can ever have. He is the comforter. He's your helper. He's your advocate. Amen? Hallelujah. I mean, he is everything that we need. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And, and so in that, he's the one that's working in there. And that's why when somebody says, oh, man, the Holy Spirit, everybody gets like nervous. It's like, no, he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be lifted up. I know that there's manifestations of things. And God wants it. But God wants to use you. God wants to give you. Hallelujah. Uh, 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 when you begin to speak, he wants to give you words that when you speak, they're anointed by the Spirit of God that changes people's lives. And believe it or not, he's done that with you many times and you're thinking, man, I didn't know I was that smart. You're not. You're not. Don't be trying to take credit. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Spirit because not only does he want us that image, but he wants us to understand partnership. Aren't you glad you got the best partner in the world? Thank God, you know, we talk about, and we are we're partners with God. We're workers together with God. I mean, what, what an honor. We're workers together. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And see, when you have partners, what do partners do? They help. You remember when 
Jesus said to Peter, he said, hey, did you guys catch any fish? He said, no. He said, okay, throw it over here. Now, that's not when he, after, this is before he was resurrected. And, uh, you know, uh, he said, because he said, drop it on the right side. So he drops it down there and boom, they get so many fish that, that it's sinking. So they called James and John, say, help us. And they fill up both boats and they're sinking. And then what's Peter say? Uh, you need to get away from me. I, I'm, a, I'm a sinner. That's, that's the first thing he says. To Jesus, Jesus said, ah, don't worry about that. You're a fisher of fish. I'll make you fishers of men. Come on, follow me. <laughs> they had their biggest catch, their biggest land, and left it all and followed Jesus. Amen? When, and when you see that, you see the miraculous of what Jesus' ministry does. Because everywhere Jesus did, he was, he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. Did you ever wonder why he had to be, and he was 100% God and 100% man, and they would say, why did he have to be anointed? If he was the son of God, Jesus was God, he was. But why did he have to be anointed by the Holy Spirit? Why didn't he do any other things until he was anointed by the Holy Spirit? Because God wanted to show us what, how, to, how to act, and to, Jesus had to act as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that Jesus stripped himself of all of his deity, even though he was a sinless man. He never, never once did Jesus heal anybody because he was God here on the earth. Amen. Not one time. He healed everybody because he was a man anointed by the Holy Ghost and he did what the Word of God says to do. Amen. And so he shouldn't because he was a man just like us and he was tempted just like us, yet he was tempted without sin. And so he, he was connected with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came down, you remember when he got baptized, he gets baptized and the Holy Spirit comes down like a dove. The Holy Spirit's not a dove. Do you remember they were going around dropping dove feathers and all that kind of stuff and doing things and pulling out? There was all kinds of things that were going on. And, um, and of course, my thought was, who shot the Holy Ghost if he's lost his feathers? You know, don't be doing that. It's not, you know, I mean, I, I grew up going dove hunting, okay, guys? I grew up going dove hunting and pheasant hunting and, and quail hunting and all that kind of stuff and grouse. And I mean, I've, I've done all that kind of hunting and stuff, you know, as far as bird hunting, duck hunting, all of that. So, you know, I, you know and, and they didn't lose any feathers unless they were shot. But people want to always, they always want a, to, to do something spectacular to try to think that something spectacular is going on. I don't think God needs gimmicks. Amen? Because see, I've seen the real. I've seen the real. I've seen the reality of God in miracles, signs, and wonders. I've seen the power of the Holy Ghost. I've seen the mighty rush, or heard and seen the, and felt the mighty rushing wind of God in service. And I've seen God do supernatural things, you know, and it doesn't have to be crazy because we're in partnership with it. I mean, in Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we're in an inseparable partnership. Praise God. The Holy Spirit comes down, and then a voice from heaven, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Amen. Hallelujah. And then from that point on, Jesus' miracles started happening because he started doing it. And the funny thing about it is, is that I don't even know why this is in the Bible, but I love it because Jesus' mom says, hey, we're out of wine. He says, what does that have to do? He goes, my hour's not yet come. And she said, oh, yes, it is. Today, today's the day you start miracle working power. Today's the day. You've been you baptized. You're all things good. And she turns to the saints, listen, Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Isn't it amazing? She didn't, you know, and he's a good, obedient son. So he said, oh, well, go fill the water pots with water. You know, and he turned the water into wine. The Bible says that's the very first miracle that Jesus did. Amen. And then the next miracle is where he healed the nobleman's son. Amen. 
Hallelujah. And so we see things because that's what the Bible, that's what John says. This is the first miracle. This is the second miracle. And then miracles began to happen. Of course, then John said, if everything that was written about Jesus, we wouldn't, the books, we wouldn't have enough books in the earth to contain everything he did in three and a half years. You know, I mean, because they capsulized a lot of things and he healed everyone. There was a great multitude. He healed everyone. Don't you know that took a little time? Amen. But we understand partnership. When you understand partnership, hallelujah, things begin to realize, hey, if Jesus needs to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, what about us? Is it important? Is it important to understand how, how important it is to be filled with the, with the fullness of the Spirit? Amen? Now, we know that Jesus had the fullness of the Spirit without measure, and so that means we have it with measure. Amen. Not, not one person is going to do everything. But thank God, I believe that the whole body of Christ worldwide, we have the measure of what Christ did. Hallelujah. With all of us together. I believe that because he left it with the Holy Spirit. But doing it, but we all got to do our part. We all got to be a part in this and do this, you know. I mean, thank God Jesus, he returned. The Bible talks about all the time is that Jesus was empowered. He returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. Why did he have to be? But he was anointed. Because God wanted to show us how to act. Remember, Jesus said, follow me. He wanted to show, this is how a man anointed by the Holy Ghost should act. Amen? Because we're supposed to be followers of Jesus. Amen? It's important that we understand this. Hallelujah. You know, I mean, in fact, Jesus, he proclaimed, he said, hey, listen, you got to be born again by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to, remember John chapter three, Nicodemus comes to him and says, Rabbi, we know our master, we know that you're a man of God. You know, he starts talking, about it, and then Jesus looks at him and says, you got to be born again. And he says, how can I, be, how can I enter back into my, my mother's womb? I can, he said, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Amen? And Jesus, Jesus was talking to his heart. He said, you've got to be born of the Holy Spirit. You've got to be born again. You've got to understand that we had to have this. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And it isn't amazing that Jesus always was saying, listen, here's what's going to happen. You're going to be raised up. You need to be raised up with the resurrection by the Holy Spirit, with the power of the Spirit of God, because he knew that the Spirit of God was going to be the one that was going to take us on, hallelujah, to glory. He's going to be the one that in our lives that he's going to be with us until we're raised up to meet Jesus in the air. Amen? Amen? Isn't it amazing that there in, in John's gospel, he, the Bible says he breathed on his disciples and it says he breathed the Holy Spirit into his disciples after his resurrection to say, you know, to be born again. And they got born again. Amen? One of the things that, that I think we see this is that we don't really have let the Holy Spirit be the gift to the church that he's supposed to be. We got born, born of the Spirit, and everybody's thinking, oh, that's good. If I get born of the Spirit, I'm born again, and I can be real quiet about it. But see, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, things change, and you get to get a little radical, and uh, all of a sudden, you get a little more excited about God, and there's the presence of God, the power, and you're a little more vocal, and then everybody thinks you're a fanatic. You know, it's funny. I was born again from nine years old. I got born again at nine years old, but, and everything was, you know, didn't seem like nobody was a big deal. But when I got filled with the Holy Ghost at 18, whoa, all of a sudden, who are you? What are you doing? Why are you want to do this? How can you doing this? Calm down. Amen? Now, see, the problem with that is that when I was nine years old and I got born again, I was pretty excited, and I was told to calm down then. 
They said, now just calm down. You, you know, you're really happy now, but you know, it'll wear off after a while. And it did. It only took them three years to put the light out in that dead church. You know, because I, that's what I, I started to conform to be like everybody else who'd just gotten saved. Instead of being excited. Amen. It was. Now, so from 12 to 18, those six years of being a teenager and doing everything, you know, and just, you know, going to church and feeling guilty all the time, because I was a good teenager, I sinned all the time. You know, I mean, that was just, you know, and uh, they preached hell hot, which I, was appreci- I appreciated that, but, you know, I wore out my rededication button, you know, I rededicate my life every other Sunday or every Sunday, because I, I felt guilty. I was truly saved. I really was. I loved Jesus with all my heart, and, uh, but uh, I had no victory. I had no victory. I, 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 didn't have, I didn't know how to combat. I didn't know how not to, to get mad. I didn't know how not to cuss. Yet I, I didn't. My, my parents never cussed. My dad never cussed. I, I, you know, I just cussed at school. I never cussed at home. But see... My Sunday school teacher was my football coach, and he cussed me out Monday through Friday and then tried to teach me on Sunday. It was tough. It was. And so, you know, I, I, it was a challenge, you know, and then I'd be thinking, oh, my gosh, I see all these guys at church, and I'd, I'd see how they act, you know, during the week, and I'd be like, we're all in trouble, you know. This is terrible. But... What happened was I just got, and then when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, that everything changed, and then all of a sudden I became this crazy person, as everybody said, but then thank God everybody's so happy that I love Jesus, and they really are, because now it's like, hey, no, here's what the truth is. I mean, praise God, hallelujah, that we realize that the Holy Spirit is the Father's gift to the church, and he's every bit way, the same way that Jesus is. He's every bit the way that Jesus is, Amen. And it's amazing, isn't it amazing that Jesus called the Holy Spirit the Comforter four different times in the book of John? So he must have wanted to get that across to us. And the Amplified Bible kind of brings that all out. Like I said, he's our counselor. Man, aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit make you a genius? He'll show you things to come. I mean, if you'll let him. He's your helper, he's your intercessor, he's your advocate, he's your strengthener, and he's your standby. I mean, he's going to help you do, he'll hold you together. Amen? He'll do all of these things. Amen? And and he'll be whatever you need to be if you'll trust him. He really, 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 really will be, you know. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like this. If you've ever coached anybody or teams or kids or whatever, no matter how great a coach you are, if they don't listen... And if they don't know, they don't know their right hand from their left hand, you're just in trouble. <laughs> you know, they don't listen. It's like, hey, you can, you can do, you can have everything right. You can do everything. And you've got the greatest coach. You've got the greatest person living and dwelling inside of you. And yet you can still act like a fool and you can still be defeated in life because you're not listening. And see, that's what he wants. That's why the Holy Spirit is so important that when we grab a hold of the truths of the Word of God, that it changes us. And the thing about it is, his number one specific mission is to help you. It's, that's his number one way, is to help you. He's here to help you. He's the greatest helper you have. He wants to help you. More than anything else, he wants to help you. Amen? I mean, isn't that amazing? 
God the Father sent God the Holy Spirit just to help me. I mean, I do that all the time with the Holy Spirit. I tell you, one of the greatest things is when I lose something or I misplace something. And I say, Holy Spirit, you know where it's at. You got to help me find it. And he does every single time. It's amazing. You know, now, you know, just because you've been asking him for the lottery numbers, he hasn't told you that yet. He's not going to do that. Okay. But he'll help you with the things you need to be helped with in the right way. All right. You know, because people say, well, if he'll do all that, why can't he? Yes, because no, that's not going to help you. You think it'll help you, but it's not going to help you. You know, now, remember what Jesus said, the Holy Spirit's with you, but not only is he going to be with you, but he's going to be in you. Isn't that exciting? I just think if we, if we can understand that, we can realize, hey, that's what he's done for us. What makes things so incredibly wonderful is to understand he's, we're his partner, and he's our partner. Hallelujah. Because here's the thing, too. Most people want the Holy Spirit to give them a bunch of information. They want him to tell them all these information. That's not his job. His job is to give you divine revelation. His, divine, his job is to reveal what God wants you to do. His job is to reveal to you what God's saying. And what things he's not, his job is not, now he'll help you find things. He'll help you get in the right direction. He'll show you where to go and what to do. He'll do all that if you let him. He'll help you on your job because you've got, he'll show you what's wrong with the situation. He'll show you what's, what's happening here. I've, he's done that with me so many times. Hallelujah. Because guess what? That's his job assignment. He's my partner to help me, to show me, to open up information to me. Glory to God. But it's so wonderful, hallelujah, to know that he's there to give me divine revelation that will just bless me. Amen? But that word kononia, it does mean intimacy. It needs partnership, but it also means responsibility. How do you know that the Holy Spirit wants us to have responsibility and work together with him? Which it actually gives the, the, the connotation of communication. Because if we don't communicate one with another, we're not going to be listening to one another. Amen? We're not going to see, you know. Uh, uh, so I wrote down uh, 10 things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. And we'll do those real quickly. Amen? Because I think it'll help you. It'll help you. And so it's just basically 10 aspects of responsibility that the Holy Spirit does for us on a very personal level if you'll let him. Because people say, well, I'm trying to let them. No, you're just not letting them. You, now, you can have a pity party. You can be all frustrated. But if you let the Holy Spirit do these things, he will be this to you. Amen? Very first one is the Holy Spirit will comfort you. And depending on what kind of comfort you need, he'll comfort you. Now, see, some of you, you need kick gloves because you're just, oh, I just gonna, he's just going to be like, you just because you need that. Now, when he comforts me, he slaps me because that's what I need. I don't need to be, you know, I don't need to be told, you know, all, I just, I need to be, hey, wake up. That's, that's my makeup. And I don't, I don't do that to anybody else. I don't try to tell, tell him, I don't pastor like I need to, I pastor myself. You'd all leave. You'd have your feelings hurt that fast. I love you. I, I like to just, I cuddle you. I have to help you. I do the, with do the end. But when he, but see, that's the thing. He'll comfort us. But see, because for me, comfort is do this. Here's the answer. Comfort is not, oh, you're going to be okay. Comfort is, let me show you how to get out of this. That's comfort to me. See, some other people, they need to know they're going to be okay. Then he needs to start talking how to get out. Me, I need to know how I'm going to get out. Okay, that brings comfort. Now let's do this together. Can you understand that? But he'll be everything you need. 
Some people, they just, they need to be held and walked and walked, and he'll be there. He'll be right beside you. He'll hold you up. He'll do all those things. He'll, he'll, he'll be there. Hallelujah. You know, that's what he's, that's his responsibility for us personally is to comfort us. Also, his responsibility is he'll be inside of you. He'll indwell you. He says he's going to be there. He'll be there. You've got that, you've got that greater one on the inside of you. He'll be there. He's going to be there on the inside of you. He's there. But you've got to acknowledge him. One thing about the Holy Spirit and about uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and the Father God, they are perfect gentlemen. They won't do anything unless you ask them. They'll let you run off the cliff. They'll let you just do crazy things. They'll let you do anything you want to do. You, you know that because you've been doing it. And they won't tell you to stop or do anything else unless you ask them. You ever have someone say, well, I don't know why God didn't stop me. I don't know why God. He's not. He won't do anything unless you ask. He won't. Because he's a perfect gentleman. You didn't, you didn't want his help. You didn't want, people say, where is God in all this? He's where you want him to be. He was out of it. You didn't want him to be in it. You were doing your own thing. He won't do anything in the earth. He's left the church in charge and he'll do whatever he, and the Holy Spirit will do. They want to do. They want to manifest. They want to heal. They want to touch. They want to bless. They want to do all the things they want to do. But you got to ask him. The Bible says you have not because you asked not. And how many of you know you got to ask the right way? Remember my great story about my grandkids. You don't come in and they don't come in and say, hey, I need this. I just look at them. They don't come in and just say a word and then think that they're going to get something. You know? They don't come in and say, I'm hungry. I'm like, big deal. That's nothing. You know? Now, Grammy and Mommy, they get up and they start doing things. I'm like, why? When they're with Grandpa, they have manners. What do you need? Uh, how do you ask? Well, may I please have a drink of water? And may I please have, I, I'm hungry. May I please have, I said, you better eat. They, they have to. I love them. But I don't jump. I don't move unless you say it right. Because they need to learn that. They need to learn how to say it right. They need to learn how to talk. Amen. But we, we're like, hey, and then instead of going to God according to what the word of God says, because, and listening to the spirit of God in us, and going rightly according to the word to receive. Amen. That's why the word's so vitally important. So the first thing is he comforts. The second thing is he indwells you. He's there. Recognize him. Acknowledge him. Amen. Third thing is that he's there to do this. He's there to teach you. He's the greatest teacher in the world. He's the greatest teacher. And he'll teach you. And the wonderful thing is he'll share with you things and you need to speak them out of your mouth because you, mean, you need to be the greatest preacher you ever heard is you. And you need to be your own favorite preacher. Amen. You need to have, I, have all kinds, I love to listen to all kinds of guys. They're so, and I have some that are just special. And they're, but you better be your, your favorite one. Thank you for your overwhelming response. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> I see. I say that all the time. I've been saying that for years and years and years. And people are like, what do you mean by that? What I mean is that if you do not believe what you're saying and you are not speaking truth, if you're not realizing that God can speak to you and listening to what you're saying and go, man, that's good. You have to just step over here, watch yourself talk, go, dude, you're doing good. Come on, keep preaching. That's some good stuff. Amen. 
Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit who teaches us, and he's going to teach you. He is going to teach you by me teaching you. He's going to teach you by other. But he's going to teach you when all of a sudden you say things. I mean, if you've never had that happen to you where you're talking to somebody and you're in a great conversation about things of the Spirit and you say something and all of a sudden you go, man, that's good. You know, and, you're th- and everybody's thinking, man, that's all. And you're thinking, I need to write that down because I, I mean, that's good stuff. Amen? Because it's the Holy Spirit. Gonna, he's he's going to show you things. Amen? Let's go to the fourth one. The fourth thing is, not only does he comfort you, not only does he indwell within you and you acknowledge, not only does he teach you, but this is awesome. He's going to remind you. That's his job. He's got a responsibility to remind you of what? To remind you of who you are, what you have in Jesus, and how strong you are, what he's going to do. He needs to remind you of him. Guess what? I'm here. Guess what? I'm going to remind you who you are in Christ. I'm going to remind you what you have. I'm going to remind you, glory to God, we win. See, a lot of people forget that. They forget because they forget who they are. They get so lost in all of the junk that's going on, all of the mess that's going on, that they don't take time to let the Holy Spirit, first of all, comfort them and bring peace to the chaos, and then realize, wait a minute, I've got the kingdom of God living within me. I've got the spirit of the living God living within me. I've got the greater one living within me. Glory to God, I've got the answer right on the inside of me. I've got the greatest teacher. Hallelujah. I've got the greatest reminder. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. So you get happy with yourself. And this is, this is before he tells you, I want you to go lay hands on this one. This is before he tells you, I want you to go over here and bless this person and share with them, giving them an encouraging word. Or this is before he leads you t- to be a blessing to somebody financially. Or before he tells you to go lay hands on that person and, and pray for them, get them well. Before all that stuff, you're dealing with you. It's you and him and you're having so much fun with him, you can't keep it to yourself. So why are you so happy? Are you kidding me? I've just been fellowshiping with the Holy Spirit who is, he, he is my comforter. He is the one that he indwells within me. The greater one is there. Glory to God. He's teaching me. Hallelujah. And he's reminding me that I'm more than a conqueror. He's reminding me of what Jesus did. He's reminding me what God is doing and what's taking, you know, let's see there. Amen. Hallelujah. I love it. The next one in number five is this, is that the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, he testifies with us. So let me tell you. Somebody says, well, how are you doing? How long much time you got? Let me just tell you how good I'm doing. See, it gets really quiet in that. The Holy Spirit testifies with you. He empowers you to have a testimony. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm just going to pull you. I'm just going to keep pulling you. I'm going to keep pulling you till you get as crazy as me. <sighs> Amen. Hallelujah. Amen? Glory to God. That's his job. Amen? That's his job to do for us. But here's another thing that he does. You see, he also, hallelujah, convicts me in the sense of that I did have a lost condition, that I did need a savior, and I'm so glad for my salvation because I see that he's convicting in the world. And so I realize I always am reminded that I can't do nothing without him. Because I can't do nothing without Jesus. Amen? It's amazing, you know, because I've traveled the world and preached and stuff. And when you get in socialistic countries that 
and I'm going to say this for socialism and stuff, because basically, yeah, they pay 50% taxes so that everything's free. So it's like, if, and what happens is, I was in one country, and, and I'll not say the country, but I was in the country, and I was, I was ministering to a group of pastors, about 80 of them, and they're like, hey, we don't understand. You know, we're trying to preach this great gospel to, but everybody here already has a house. They already get free medical. They already have everything. I mean, how can we? How, I mean, how can we preach? You know, you know, to them about how great good God is when they don't need anything. And I looked at them and I shook my head. I said, "Well, did you know that preaching about all the things God can do for you is not the gospel?" Amen. <laughs> and they were like, "What?" I said that God's good. You preaching about God's going to bless you with this, or God can do this, or God can do that. That's not the gospel. The gospel is guess what? You a sinner and you need a savior. I don't care if you got a million dollars in the bank, you're driving all the fans. I don't care what you got. You're just a rich sinner. You can be a poor sinner. You can be a middle class sinner. You can be a, you know, a rich sinner. You're just a sinner. You need a savior. They know that they're lost without God. You got to preach the gospel, which means you need a savior. Thank God for what God can do, and God will once you know and understand, but glory to God, you need a Savior. That's the gospel. Is that Jesus died because you need a Savior. It's not about what he can do and all these other things. It's, bless God, you need a Savior. How's your relationship with God? How's your relationship with your wife, your kids, and your family's falling apart? Yeah, you got everything here. You can do everything. It's all free, but your life is a mess. You're just terrible. Because you don't have a relationship with God. Therefore, your relationship with your kids and the relationship with your wife is terrible. Because you need saved. And they all looked at me like, yeah, that's the gospel. The gospel is you need a savior. He didn't say we need a savior. So the Holy Spirit still convicts us and lets us know, hey, thank God we're born again. Amen? Hallelujah. Because the very next thing that he does is he convinces us that we're righteous. When you know that, it doesn't matter. I mean, when you know that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that you're in right standing with God, you've got power. That's the Holy Spirit's job, is to let you know you're good. You got this. God's got your back. You're in right standing. You, 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 know, you know, it says, yeah, but I messed up. Well, confess it. Hallelujah. Get forgiveness. Let him cleanse you of all unrighteousness, and then walk free from it. Admit it, quit it, forget it, and go and sin no more. Just remember that. When you mess up, admit you messed up. You got to say, I sinned. Boom. Let's get out. Don't say, I got a problem. Don't say, hey, God, you know this. That, that, that doesn't work. You got to say, hey, God, I lied. Hey, God, I robbed. Hey, God, I, I, I bear false witness. Hey, God, you know, uh, you know I, I didn't tell the truth. Hey, God, say it. Because if you don't confess your sin, the devil will hold it over you and he'll defeat you in your life all the time. You got to confess your sin. Then he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and then cleanse you from all around. And once it, then you, that's why I said you admit it, you quit it. Hallelujah. Amen. You admit it, you quit it, you forget it and go and sin no more. Because if you don't forget it, it'll still rob you of your righteousness. Y'all doing okay? Am I preaching too long? Should I shut it off? What are we doing here? Hallelujah. We, 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 you know, we got to get down to the eight, nine and 10 here. We haven't got there yet. Y'all Okay. Now, you do realize I can teach an hour on every one of these. I, I just can get, I get excited uh, of what God is doing, what he wants to do, because it's so important, because these last three are so good. These last three are kind of the ones I really want to get to, and we want to probably uh, go from there, because the next one is, number eight is the Holy Spirit guides us. 
Wow, isn't it wonderful to be led by the Spirit of God? Wow. Amen. Remember the Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Because His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, that we're joint heirs with Christ. Amen. We have this. That it guides us. He shows us where to go. John 16, 13 says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he'll guide you into all truth. He'll not speak of himself, but the things which Jesus shows, that's what he's going to show us. And he'll show us things to come. He's going to show us the future. Amen. Let us know what's happening. Let us know what's going on. Amen. He'll guide us. Hallelujah. Which is number nine goes right with that same verse is that he'll reveal things to us. He'll reveal things. So he'll show us the future. Hallelujah. He'll show us. He'll reveal things to us, which is so good. So good. Hallelujah. So wonderful. He's going to reveal truth. He's going to reveal peace. He's going to reveal the things. He's never going to leave us. He's always going to be with us. Glory to God. We can be able to do it. Hallelujah. Because we've got God, the Holy Ghost, living and dwelling on the inside of us. God is with us always. I mean, what an amazing thing. And then number 10, let's just close with this one. This one's so good that many people don't, they don't do this because you can tell by, by how they worship. And this one here is the Holy Spirit worships with us if you let him. Now, you can worship by yourself if you want to, but if you let the Holy Spirit worship with you, you'll get blessed in worship. You'll get caught away in worship. You'll get lost. It'll be so awesome. It'll be so wonderful that you'll just be lost and he's worshiping with you and you're just like, and even those of us who can't sing a lick, praise God, we just, man, we're just lost and just doing what God says. It's so much fun. And allowing that. See, those are just simply 10 things that the Holy Spirit actually does. And it's his responsibility to do for us. And that's why, and it's not wrong if you say, hey, wait a minute, Holy Spirit, you're supposed to show me. You're supposed to teach me. You're supposed to reveal things. I need you to show me. That's your job. Help me. Now, stop being disrespectful. That's what he wants to do. He's our partner. And if you know him, he'll lead you. Because many times we've done things and we knew we shouldn't do it. We had that check. We had that thing on the inside that just was like, yeah, it doesn't feel right. And we didn't follow peace. And so we ordered it. We had to pay for it. Amen. And it costs. It costs. Amen. It costs us. But here's the thing. If, if you understand how that the Holy Spirit leads you and he leads you by the inward witness, he leads you by that peace. I mean, thank God for the still, small voice. Hallelujah, that's our spirit talking to us. And there's the voice of the Holy Spirit that talks to us. Amen. I mean, which is a stronger and a thor- more authoritative voice. It's almost like an outside voice, but it, it's so much stronger that we can be led. You know, people want to be led by visions. They want to be led by angels. They want to be led by all these things. But the Bible doesn't tell us we're led by those. It said we're led by the Spirit of God. The Bible never tells us that we're led by our flesh. We're never led by our mind. You know? Thank God, but the Holy Spirit's given us his intimacy, he's given us his partnership, and then he's saying, this, I'm responsible for this, and I want to be responsible for you. Amen? So let's let him. How about we let him, and then we'll walk in how to be led by the Spirit of God, how to walk in the blessings of God, and then watch the gifts of the Spirit, the power, things that God wants to do in a right way, in a wonderful way. And each one, God moves differently. God will move on each one of us differently. And we're not judge each other, but we'll allow the Spirit of God to be God in our lives. Amen. Let's pray.
Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. Lord, I just trust that. I just, I just shared my heart. I shared what you told me to, to share tonight. Uh, and I just trust that it ministers to the hearts of the hearers. Hallelujah. Father, you said don't be afraid of their faces. So I wasn't afraid of their faces. I'm not sure they got anything. But I love them, Lord. They're precious. And you love them even more than I do. So, Lord, I thank you for them. I just thank you, Father. They're so precious. I just, I appreciate them. Not only them, but also those that are watching from all around that they watch. Father, my heart is, is that the Holy Spirit is so real in their lives. How did they lead them and guide them and direct And they know, wow, I was led by the Spirit to be here at this place, at this time for this moment. Lord, we thank you for it now. We just honor you for it. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm happy. So it's good. Amen. Uh, <laughs> hallelujah. God is, God is good. God is good. We'll, we'll wrap up all these whole bunch of things. We don't know if we'll get to any of those sermons or not, but we'll see. You know, after 40 some odd years, you have a lot of sermons inside your heart and several things to do, and God always tweaks them. Hey, we're going to worship God with our tithes and offerings this evening, so if you need an envelope, you can uh, do that. It's right there in the seat pockets in front of you. I'm going to uh, do my online, as I always do on Wednesday nights, usually, and so I always got to pay attention to what I'm doing here. Praise the Lord. Amen. There you go. Hallelujah. Okay, that worked. And then we'll pray. Believe God. Hallelujah. You know, it's funny. We got all of our, our bills for the things that we're putting together. I got a whole bunch of other quotes on everything, and everything went up. I said, that's, but that's, that's construction. It always does. Never what they tell you it is. It always goes up. I don't think I've ever had one that's gone down yet, but that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. God's good. Amen. So let's pray. Father, in the name of you, thank you. Thank you for meeting and supplying all of our needs. Thank you for these wonderful folks, Father, for your hand upon their lives. Thank you, Father, as they bring their tithes and their offerings. Father, as we bring our tithes and offerings, I thank you. You're opening the windows of heaven. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for increase so that we can see the gospel go forth, even power and glory, even more and more and more. I thank you for it, Father. I just honor you for it. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Ushers, go ahead. Let's receive this offering here. Hallelujah. Hey, I have a big announcement uh, for all of, all of you. Those that come. Tomorrow is National Day of Prayer. So instead of our Friday night uh, service that they do on Friday night prayer, on Friday night, they're going to actually be shifting to tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And uh, it's going to be here. Uh, so as all of you know, there's going to be a lot of National Day of Prayers probably around noontime. But we're going to be praying it tomorrow night at 7 o'clock here. Hallelujah. So we want you to come. Be blessed. It's, we, our nation needs prayer now more than ever, and it doesn't matter what you think or what you say. I mean, we need to pray for our president. We need to pray uh, for whether or not it's our president, but pray for the president of the United States. We need to pray, and pray God brings wisdom. Pray for our country. Pray for our county. Pray for the folks that are in authority. I mean, they have a, it's a tough job right now. 
in a lot of a lot of stuff that's going on. And so we want to believe God. We want you know we want godly people to be there. We just want the Holy Spirit to 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 move and to manifest. And we need to pray for their salvation. See, because that's the thing. If all of them got saved. Don't you know how that would mess up? That mess up everything. If all of them truly got born again, had an encounter with God, the man, it would just just wipe out everybody. Be like, be like the the apostle Saul or apostle Paul, who was Saul going on the road to Damascus, who's going to kill people, who's a terrorist. Bam, gets saved, and then all of a sudden, it's like. Whoa, hey, now we'd be like everybody else. Like, wait a minute, I don't, I don't know. I think this is a trick. But man, if, if God if did that, I mean, could it, wouldn't it be just awesome if they, all of a sudden they truly got born again and it changed and everybody's like, we don't know what's going on, what's happening, and, and now we can't control them? Because once you get saved, people can't control you if you don't let them. Amen. Why? Because you got sanity. You got the Spirit of God living inside of you. Amen. Hey, let's all stand up. I love you. God loves you. Thank you all. All of you watching, we'll see you on Sunday. Love you. Be blessed. Amen. You're dismissed.